This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Well, you know, you're listening to Talk Rope Nation. You might know I'm Jim Ross, the voice of AEW, and we're glad you're with us. We're going to have one hell of a podcast. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. Another week, another podcast. It's episode 139 of Top Rope Nation. More of a standard podcast for you this week. The last two weeks, we've kind of had special shows with interviews. This week, we're getting back after it with a main event topic of the week that our own Justin Joint came up with. We will get to that later in the show. We're going to talk in the news as well. Uh, A lot going on right now as it relates to the WWE financial call that happened earlier today as we record this on Thursday evening. But before we get to all that, my name is Ryan Drosty. I am the host here of Top Rope Nation, joined by my co-host, the aforementioned Justin Joint, and Mr. Kyle Ross. So, Justin, how's your week going? What's new in the Joint household? Uh, not too much. Um, actually, just like moments ago, uh, you know, you guys, I'm sure, will be able to rate, relate to this. I've been wearing a same sweatshirt for like the last couple nights, and I just looked and there's just dry slobber everywhere from uh, the kid. The little ones. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, I just watched The Lion King on Disney Plus, like the original. I think for the third or fourth time in the last week, right before going on the air. So <laughs> Spent, spending a lot of time with the kiddos over here in my household. Still quarantined. Talking about this for weeks. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners out there are going through the same thing. Kyle, how's your week going? Just can't wait to blow through the in the news segment so we can talk about Kim Reynolds, our big topic this week. Oh, no. No. <laughs> the Iowa failure of a governor. Come on. It's a peek behind the scenes at my my Facebook feed. I love it when Kyle, he jumps into my, I'll post a status on Facebook, which isn't very often. But when I do, I can always count on something from Kyle that makes me laugh. <laughs> Kim Reynolds sounds bad. The takes are hot. Yes. Oh, she's awful. She's awful. Actually, yeah, the county here in Iowa that uh, Justin and I live in now has more uh, coronavirus cases than any of the other 98 counties here in the state of Iowa. So, uh, what? What? Yeah, 
Yeah, 600 <laughs> plus cases here in in our county in Iowa. So uh, luckily, we've stayed healthy. Our uh, our friends and family have stayed healthy, and uh, we're going to stay quarantined and watch a lot of archival professional wrestling footage. Which our main our main event topic tonight is kind of going to get into that. We're going to go down the uh, the rabbit hole of of past wrestling experiences in our life and maybe how we would have rebooked. Uh, some of the WrestleManias that we watched growing up. Uh, but before we get to that, let's get all of the housekeeping out of the way, guys. We have had a lot of new listeners in the last couple of weeks, pretty much starting off with that interview we did with Jim Ross two weeks ago, our most downloaded show of all time in the last almost four years we've been doing this show. So thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, if you subscribe, we really appreciate you guys continuing to tune in as we produce the show each and every week. Uh, if you're new to the show, hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcasts are found, whether that is Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn. Um, we are also on Podbean. And, uh, of course, we are members of the Blue Wire Podcasting Network. So, guys, if you're into podcasts, whether it's sports, whether it's entertainment, I'm sure that Blue Wire has the show for you. Check out the whole lineup over at BlueWirePods.com. And as always, we are presented by our sponsors, Bet Online, who you will be hearing about more in just a little bit. And uh, lastly, if you want to support the show, guys, the, the number one way, other than you know leaving a five-star rating on any of those podcasting platforms and subscribing, the best way to support the show is to head on over to Patreon.com slash Nation. You can fund us on Patreon and get a whole lot of awesome bonus content like Top Rope Nation Classics, which is a special edition of the show we do. It's exclusively for Patreon. It's just like it sounds. We go back and we review classic wrestling content. In fact, next week, we're going to have a brand new edition of Top Rope Nation Classics. So if you want to hear that full show, head on over to Patreon. We got tiers from $1 a month all the way up to $20 a month. But it's that $5 a month tier that gets access to the bonus shows, Top Rope Nation Classics. Top Rope Nation Extra. I think there's 16 or 17 bonus shows you will unlock the minute you sign up. Also, you get our show notes each and every week. You get an exclusive pre-show each and every week, what we're talking about off-air before we go on the air. Sometimes they're kind of funny. I, I think tonight's was. I think you'll enjoy that if you're a Patreon member. And we also send you guys an exclusive Top Rope Nation gift in the mail when you sign up. So you can read all about it at patreon.com slash top rope nation would love to have your support so with that said it's time to go to in the news all the latest wrestling news get behind the scenes inside a rental at 1-900-909-9900 calls cross the buck 49 per minute kids get your parents permission but call right now And in the news this week, it was, as Kyle put it in our show notes here, another rough week for the reputation of Vince McMahon and, as he likes to say, the World Wrestling Federation, of course, now the WWE. Kyle, what do you mean by that? Well, <laughs> never a dull moment up in Stamford, Connecticut. Uh, last week, we obviously talked about... Uh, the massive number of firings that took place, but uh, not only um, of on-screen talent wrestlers, but uh, the furloughing of several uh, behind-the-scenes employees, producers uh, among them. And 
Wouldn't you know, as of a few hours ago, WWE reports its first quarter earnings, and they actually exceeded expectations. Now, I know a lot of people, myself included, I'll be honest here, thought them making these first quarter earnings announcements late in the day, I think they did it about 5 Eastern um, Mm -hmm. instead of 11 a.m. Eastern, which is when they normally do it. A lot of people were like, oh, the report's probably going to be worse than anticipated. Well, no, it wasn't. It was better. So doesn't that make last week's firings look even more mean-spirited in retrospect? Yes. <laughs> I mean, they were still incredibly profitable. Uh, as you said, I believe their revenue was up like 60% versus mm-hmm. last year. Yep. So it does. I mean, it wasn't like the company was going to lose money. Uh, they're saving, what's the figure, like $4 million a month Yes. on uh, what they did. So it's not like a, when you look at their overall revenue and how much money they're bringing in, uh, it's not that big of a figure. So yeah, it, it does make them look pretty bad, I think. Part of it makes me just wonder if like, I mean, it certainly doesn't look like it's a necessity. So I'm wondering if the cuts were just kind of, you know, in a way overdue because, you know, there for years, it seemed like after WrestleMania every year, you know, a handful of uh, wrestlers would get cut. So um, obviously I think the change of, you know, no live events and smaller TV and stuff like that. It's just, it's kind of like, well, why would we keep them on? I mean, which, you know, shitty thing to do, but also, I mean, that's kind of what you do if you run a business, I suppose. Yeah, they were at $291 million in revenue. Of course, that's not profit, that's revenue. That's how much money came in. Um, a lot of that has to do with their TV rights yes. fees. That's what coming I was going to They're making <laughs> boing. The that's light what you're going to say. Is that the light bulb just went yeah. off. The light, but yes, it, basically, uh, the the earnings are entirely due almost to uh, the TV contracts, the the new ones they signed with NBC Universal and Fox, because um, most traditional revenue streams are still down. Yeah. Yeah, like their merchandise is down. Of course, live events are down. Um, they did announce that there's a lot more people streaming. Like they're they have growth as far as hours consumed on the network, which isn't that big of a surprise. You know, people are are at home. Their network subscriber numbers are pretty close to where they've been for a while now. They're around 1.4 million, I believe, in in subscribers right now. I think it peaked at like 1.6 during the quarter, uh, and so. Yeah, I think we talked about this on, on the program a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last week. Yeah, it would have been last week when the cuts happened, that it seemed odd that they were doing the cuts when we knew they were making so much money with this with this new television deals. And uh, that pretty much showed out here in the uh, in the report, the quarterly report for first quarter of 2020, is that, that that TV revenue stream from these new contracts is really carrying them. Um, yeah, go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, and again, as we talked about last week, you know, the network partners reached out to them and, you know, and since then there's been a change in the way uh, they're taping, which is odd. Um, You know, that's a real fluid situation where, um, you know, the the network partners were like, well, no more tape shows. And then, well, there's going to be some more tape shows now after, what is it? Three, the next, you know, this week's all live. And then the next two weeks are live. And then they're going to do live, one live, one taped. 
Yeah, is that something the way? like that? Okay, okay. I mean, it's certainly possible that they reached an agreement with the with the television providers, given uh, the, the unusual circumstance yeah. we're in, right? But yeah. The, the bottom line is they they're not going to lose money on those TV deals. They work something out where they're you know the TV the the, the network partners aren't withholding any money. So again, there's really no reason to let these people go. Um, yes, as Justin was alluding to, you could make the argument that, you know, this is a bloated roster. There's too many people signed. George Barrios and Michelle Wilson, that was kind of their feeling that they, you know, ironically, that was one of the difference of opinions they had with Vince McMahon. Why are we basically paying people just not to go to the other side? But it's real shitty to let them go when they did. Because there's nowhere for these people to go right now. The, yeah. You know, the, any, you know, all the WWE's quote unquote competitors really aren't in an acquisition mode for new talent, given the um, economic situation they're in. Yeah. So, yeah, you could say, well, you know, we're overdue to clean house, but I think, you know, <laughs> you, you should have done it when these people had a if that was the case, you you could have done it when they had a place to go instead of being shitty about it. Like I said, mm-hmm. so other highlights from the call, uh, there will be no WWE 2k video game this year. If you guys are in the gaming sphere, you know that, uh, last year's WWE game was absolutely dreadful, <laughs> full, full of all kinds of glitches. Uh, even the performers were on their Twitter accounts bashing the game, which is never a good thing. And so, uh, there's not going to be a new wrestling game this year. Uh, AEW also will not have a wrestling game this year, by the way, uh, Cody addressed that the other day, says they're, they're going to put out a game, but, uh, they're approaching it slowly. They want to do it in the right way. So there's no way that would be coming out this year. Uh, so yeah, no, no new, uh, pro wrestling games on your consoles this year. So that means the next time, uh, a wrestling video game comes out, the PS five will be out and the new Xbox. So that's, uh, that'll be in 2021. So we got a, a ways to go until the next pro wrestling video game. If you guys are into wrestling video games, by the way, last fall, we did an awesome show about the history of wrestling video games. You can check that out in the archives. Uh, when was the last time you bought a WWE game, Justin? Cause I know you're kind of a, a bit of a gamer. Oh boy. Um, probably. Oh man. I, I like, I'm thinking N64. Oh, wow. Never mind on that bit of a gamer thing. At least as it relates to wrestling, <laughs> you mostly play FIFA, don't you? Yeah, I play a lot of sports games. I haven't, I just, I've rented a few of the WWE games. I just don't like them. They just, I don't yeah. know, they got too complicated. Yeah, I I had 2K19, but I never bought 2K20 because of the bad reputation. Uh, I did see it was on sale for like really cheap on the PlayStation Store the other day. And I thought about it, but I I got Spider-Man and uh, the remastered Assassin's Creed 3 instead. So, no, I, di- I didn't jump on that. So, But, uh, yeah, if you're into wrestling games, you're not going to see a new one this year. That was announced today. Uh, Vince said they're going to be doing more of the uh, cinematic matches. He mentioned that during the conference call. Um, anything else, Kyle, that stood out to you and what you saw in the notes? Oh, the Saudi Arabia deal. That if they if if that they uh, don't do some shows this year, if mm-hmm. if they lose one on the calendar of this year, they're just gonna you know do it at the end of the deal. 
So they're mm-hmm. still going to, they still plan on doing the same number of shows they're contracted to do, um, whether or not they miss one or maybe even two this year. Yeah. Actually, and then this point kind of leads directly into our next uh, item here on our show notes is that Vince really praised the performers. He talked about, and the people on the call talked about, everything they're doing as far as keeping the Performance Center clean to avoid the pandemic there, uh, cleaning the rings, uh, having the talent stay in in a particular hotel where they are quarantined off from the general public. But, (laughs) you know, how much he praised the performers and and talked about them being, being proud of what they do and stuff. You know, how much choice do they really have working these shows is certainly up for debate. And uh, we did see, Kyle, supposedly, we don't know for sure, because we don't know how much the county vets these comments that are coming in, but there was a story about a WWE employee being forced to work. Do you want to, do you want to talk about this one, Kyle? Yeah, so it was at the Orange County um, meeting that a... A WWE employee who went by the anonymous name of John. Uh, I love how someone tweeted out the picture of Juan Cena, by the way, and said it was him. That, would, that made me laugh. Uh, claiming that he was fearful for his, for his job and being forced, basically forced to work. Now, I can tell you, no one in the company is being forced in the literal sense of the term to work. But... There is an interesting discussion to be had whether, and this, you know, same for an in-ring performer, if they feel compelled to work because of losing their spot um, in the totem pole. You know, I mean, with the creative team, there's a pecking order there. And if you're someone who's like, well, I don't feel comfortable working in this condition, you know, is there a scenario where that can work against you your future career within wwe i don't know if that's true or not no one does except the people running the show so i think that's the interesting discussion we had because there's no way i mean zero that the wwe would force someone to work against their will i mean that would be the most losable lawsuit they could open themselves up to yeah you're right i mean they're not gonna do that but if people kind of are like well you know okay they're asking me to go down there i kind of don't want to but yeah well that's you know will they look down on me for it and and honestly i mean situations like that aren't unique just to pro wrestling yeah no there's indirect pressure in a lot of a lot of jobs jobs. but i think that is you know the debate to be had because pro wrestling has a, this history of, well, you, you don't want to lose your spot. You know, if you don't show up one week, somebody moves into that spot, you may never get it back. So I think that's, you know, again, is is the thing to keep an eye on here. Yeah. And our other item has to do with the XFL, which once again closed their doors. And I got to say, I'm kind of disappointed with this because I did like this incarnation of the XFL. It, it was much better ran than the last time around and no doubt it's a casualty of of the pandemic and uh yeah the xfl is once again out of business justin how how often did you watch the xfl this time did you check out any games i did i i you know outside of the kind of the, the lack of football talent on the field um i liked everything they did with their rules um it, yeah i found it pretty entertaining yeah 
so this is this is pretty disappointing, I think. But uh, we we have another uh, we have a lawsuit coming out of this. And uh, Kyle, as you wrote in the show notes, the person Oliver Luck, who is uh, suing WWE here and Vince, uh, probably better supported than some of the other lawsuits that have came about with the company in recent years. Well, he's a bit of a sh- he's certainly a much sharper guy. I think yeah. than what Vince is used to going up against in court. Um, Jerry McDevitt obviously is going to handle this one and is very skilled. Uh, I don't know if Oliver Luck is going to win. He was terminated the day before Vince declared for bankruptcy uh, to basically save himself a lot of money. And some of the money he saved was the $20 million he owed Oliver Luck. <laughs> who was guaranteed that money were the league to go bankrupt. So by firing Oliver Luck the day before declaring for bankruptcy, Vince basically saved himself uh, from paying Mr. Luck. Um, <laughs> Shrewd businessman, that Vince Yes, and whether or not Vince wins this one in, a, in the court of law, he does not come across as very nice <laughs> for doing that. Doesn't this seem like something again. they might... Does it seem like a case they might settle out of court before it gets to that yes, point? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you know, I mean, Vince has more. You know, Meltzer. I I listened to his radio show this morning. He made a point. Vince has a lot more resources than Oliver Luck does. I mean, uh, I mean, Oliver Luck. He, he may not be, you know, Kevin Wachholz, but uh, you know, <laughs> he's he's not doesn't have a never ending stream of money. So who knows? Um, he may just look to recoup just some money if it's looking like he's not going to be able to recoup the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. So we should mention, of course, he, uh, Oliver Luck, he, he was the CEO and commissioner of the XFL. Yes. And the father of Andrew. And he, he yeah. left him. I was kind of shocked he took that job because he was like the commissioner, basically, the uh, NCAA playoff committee. Mm-hmm. So I mean, no, it was got, a huge hire when they announced his hire. I remember yeah. it was headlines everywhere. Yeah, and he was getting a good chunk of change. He wasn't getting twenty million, but he was getting a good chunk of change for that. And so, right now, he's probably pretty pissed off. Yeah, can't blame I'd say. him. No, absolutely not. You know, I saw some talk about this, Ryan. You talked about, hey, you know, it kind of sucks the XFL and stuff. But is this maybe? a best case scenario for Vince because do we really think this thing would have succeeded this thing being the XFL over the long term? I mean, I think yeah, better than the first time around, but it's hard to not beat that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it was much it was better run this time. Right. It was, it was done on the up and up. It wasn't, it didn't have all this silly pro wrestling shenanigans around it. It was a football league. It was yeah. just as Dustin put it, inferior football that's always the problem when you try to start up these secondary leagues in any sport it's just it's secondary the talent and i don't think it was going to be long for the world uh maybe it made it to a second season this time i don't know but you know vince by declaring bankruptcy you know he, he saved himself a lot of money and he has the excuse of well who knows how it would have turned out but i got screwed by a pandemic mm-hmm. so honestly i Look, could it have succeeded? Of course, anything could have could happen. But I, I think this was not a terrible scenario for Vince personally. Now, I think the way he treated not only Oliver Luck, but sounds like a lot of other XFL employees is, again, not good. Yeah, I think it would have got to a second season. I don't know how 
how long it would have lasted. I think if if you ask me, would it have been around in five years? I would say probably not. But I, I do think it probably would have got to a second year just because it seemed like the league had a lot more good publicity this time around. And uh, no doubt there's a huge hunger for professional football in the United States. And it is a it is a really long offseason when you go from the Super Bowl to week one. And so I think there's room for something to succeed probably you know, in the in the short term, not long term for anybody. And we've seen we've seen other, you know, whether it's uh, USFL or, or whoever back in the day succeed for a while. But when it comes down to it, nothing really can compete with the NFL or they're not really competing, I guess, but drawing in the kind of interest that the NFL does. So long term, probably not. It would have been interesting to see how it would have unfolded. But unfortunately, due to the situation that all of us find ourselves in right now, uh, the XFL has been a casualty of the COVID-19 crisis. So we're going to get to our topic of the week here in just a minute. But before we get to it, I do need to throw a shout out to our sponsors over at betonline.ag. currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on, and you would be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. If you're missing the NFL, no problem. BetOnline has live, daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor. Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. So, Mr. Justin Joint, I often say on the program that you you are one of the creative forces behind the scenes here on Top Rope Nation. When it comes to our text threads or you know whatever we're talking about in the world of wrestling, you always have questions you throw out to me and Kyle, and they're always good topics that we can use on the show. And so this week, with not a lot going on in the, in the current world of pro wrestling, we decided to go down the rabbit hole of classic wrestling and bring forward one of your questions that you have posed to us in the past. So go ahead and uh, explain the criteria for what we're going to be talking about tonight. So this might be the most excited I've ever been for one of our conversations along these lines. Um, This is probably like my favorite, you know, having some beers with a buddy and just talking wrestling uh, topics. And, And this one is the, what is your Mount Rushmore of WrestleMania main event changes basically we're we're getting the pad and pen and we're rebooking a main event um you know i think one of the ground rules is it should probably be somewhat realistic um you know we don't want you know somebody who could barely make the card all of a sudden being on the main event um but there's a yeah there's a lot of different ways uh that you can approach this and so i was kind of curious to hear how you guys approached uh, your Mount Rushmore, because I will say personally, I approached it very, very selfishly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when this came up in the text story a couple of weeks ago, uh, Kyle really 
put together a masterpiece as it relates to WrestleMania 11, which is one we're going to be talking about Ooh, in a little boy. bit here. So I knew I'm not touching WrestleMania 11 because <laughs> Kyle, that day, Kyle kind of like blew both of our minds and we were like, holy shit, you know, like WrestleMania 11 is, is a show that is panned <laughs> by fans for good reason. And Kyle put together like a very rational card that they could have done, which would have just blown away the show that we got. Almost like I've been thinking about that for 25 years. <laughs> yes. Kyle was so frustrated that night, he wanted to go to Hartford and <laughs> throw down. So yeah. he put he put together a, a much better card. Um, I think when I when I did my list here, I, I just thought main event. If you really do this well, <laughs> you should probably think about how that's going to impact the rest of the card as well and, and adapt and change those matches. But I stuck strictly to the main event matches and... Um, I kind of figured you could find your way beneath that, but I just stuck to the to the main uh, match at the end of the show. Uh, Kyle, when you went about doing this, did you have any particular strategy, or how'd you narrow it down to what you wanted to talk about? Yeah, so I kind of had four factors I looked at. Number one, I left alone ones that worked. I don't care what your idea for WrestleMania three is. It's not better than Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, so leave that alone. Uh, match quality was basically a non-factor for me. Uh, I personally did look at the impact on the rest of the card. Uh, and for me, that kind of helped narrow, uh, me down to four choices. So like, if I was like, all right, well, this would be a great main event, but then I'm like looking at the rest of the card and I'm like, oh shoot, like, how do I massage these pieces? I kind of thought twice about it. And basically what I'm looking to do is not just improve the WrestleMania on game day, but improve the future creative trajectory of the WWE in that given year and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of a, a plays a part in mind too. It's it's kind of all about ripple effects. Where in some cases I, I do go in a little bit deeper into the WrestleMania card, um, and in one case uh, it's almost like an entire year of ripple effects. Mm-hmm. So do we want to look at this chronologically then and, and start with the earliest show? Because I think I have the earliest change of any I'm, of us. I don't see why not. Yeah. So I figured if you look at the first six WrestleManias, I think all of them work. The only one I could see that you could maybe make a case for is the first one and just doing like a Hogan Piper singles match. Mm-hmm. But, but I understand why you want- was really important. Now that's that's my point is I understand why you want Mr. T like actually in the match rather than just being at ringside. Now you could you can fast forward and see you know what they did with Mike Tyson at 14 and say they could have done that with Mr. T, but it's the first WrestleMania you want him competing. So I didn't touch that. And then yeah, as you go from 2 through 6, I just I can't make a, a case to change any of those. Okay, so well, yeah, go ahead. Well, I just want to say something. I think there's a case for Hogan Piper at two. Um, I'm going to tell you why I left off number two. And this is uh, another kind of factor I looked at. If the change really was negligible for the future trajectory, that also kind of narrowed. I I would leave that off my top four. So bottom line with WrestleMania two, you're an idiot. If you're not having Hulk Hogan come out of that show as the champion, that's what's going to happen there. It's just kind of non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's why I would leave something like WrestleMania two alone. I'm in, I'm intrigued 
none of us took a stab at number four and the tournament because that didn't work really. And that's considered, you know, one of the crappier WrestleManias. But the thing is, for me, I've never been able to come up with a better idea to get the title on Randy Savage. Yeah, and yeah, that's, that's yeah. the thing is that you need it. You need to end up with Savage's champion because then that leads into one of the greatest stories yeah. in you know, WWE history. And if you watch the TV at that time, they really beat you over the head with after he won the tournament. Randy Savage, only man to win four matches in one night to be the champion. They really played that up for all it's worth. So, yeah, I, I left that one off, too, despite the fact that that's a WrestleMania most people cite as, quote unquote, not working. Yeah. So. And you definitely can change five and six. So we get to seven. This is the first one on my list. I think in the main event slot, and it kind of pains me because it's it's going to change a match earlier in the show, which was unbelievable and one of my favorite WrestleMania matches. But I think they left some money on the table not doing a Hogan Warrior return match in the main event of WrestleMania seven. And so that's that's the first one on my list. Um, if you look at what happened with Warrior post WrestleMania six and winning the title from Hogan, uh, business didn't accelerate with him as the champion in 1990 no. throughout that year. It actually went downwards a little bit. And so I feel like you know you come back with the return match the next year. You do Hogan Warrior, and this time you have Warrior as a heel. Ah, that was a question I had for you. Yeah, and so what I what I would do. Now we know they did they played the USA Iraq thing like into the ground that year. Now, if you guys weren't old enough to remember the first Gulf War, that thing was over like before WrestleMania 7. <laughs> and, you know, they did WrestleMania 7 with Hogan and Slaughter and then later that year at SummerSlam and they're they're still playing that card with the tag team match with Hogan and Warrior teaming up against uh Slaughter and Adnan or you know, Mustafa. I think, yeah. yeah, and Mustafa there. I think I think what you do is you have Hogan and Warrior as a tag team prior to WrestleMania, and they take out the Iraqi sympathizers, and then Warrior turns on Hogan, and you do the return match from the year prior, and you do Hogan Warrior in the main event. And like I said, it pains me because Macho Warrior is such an awesome match on that show, and you got to find a different spot for Randy Savage. But I didn't go down that. I, I didn't do that. I just looked at the main event, and I feel like Hogan Warrior at Mania 7, a return match with Warrior as the heel, would have been pretty cool. Any, any thoughts from you guys on that? Uh, I, I dig it. I, I don't know if Warrior works as a heel. Um, at least I don't know. I mean, you almost have to kind of stop doing the face paint and stuff, I think, which kind of – Boy, I mean, it's basically his character. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's true because, I mean, growing up as a kid around that era, like kids our age loved Warrior. It was such an over-the-top character. So it, it would, it's it's a bit of a stretch. I, I acknowledge that to imagine him as a heel. The other – and like for me, it's not even really the loss of the match because I kind of – I hated, you know, Warrior kicking out of all the elbow drops. And then just standing on Savage's chest to to win the match. I didn't like that part of it. It's still a good match overall. Um, but then you also lose the great moment with Elizabeth at the end, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's a key. So Justin actually hit on both of my two counterpoints. And it's interesting with the Warrior as a heel. 
I'll add this. Bruce Pritchard on his podcast, and I have no idea which one it was, but Conrad threw to him, hey, was there any, ever any talk about Warrior as a heel? And Bruce said Vince never thought of Ultimate Warrior as a heel. He always thought of him as a superhero and said there was never any discussion of turning him heel hmm. at any point, which shocked me because the scenario you're proposing, Ryan, is something people have talked about for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, I didn't come. And, I didn't completely come up with this on my own. People have I've yeah, I've read people yeah, talk about this. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of people have talked about this, and yeah. you know, a main reason to do it is. You know, you talked about the USA Iraq thing that drew them a lot of negative publicity. Although the war was a real blink and you'll miss it affair. Now lives were lost and we should minimize that. But it, it was over by the time WrestleMania hit. Th- that drew them a lot of like bad press. Bob Costas pulled out mm-hmm. uh, of WrestleMania. So it, it wasn't a good thing for them to do it. Um, yeah, I know people are going to say, well, chic. Well, you know, that was years removed from the hostage situation and times have changed in seven years, mm-hmm. you know, in 1991, you, you didn't want to do war exploitation anymore. But for me, the reason I ultimately left this off uh, was because of the loss of warrior savage. And it's not just losing that. It's like, I don't know who to plug in then to that role with savage because savage did want to take time off. And that was kind of the scenario they constructed for him. And I don't know who then you could slide into warrior spot and, you know, again, if you're not thinking that way, whatever, that it's immaterial. But for me, I did kind of think about that. And that's why I left this one off personally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did think I, of it, though. Yeah. I thought of this strictly as the main event. I tried to just section off the rest of the card mm-hmm. and just what was like the bigger match they could do. And I, it seems to me like Hogan Warrior, the year after such an iconic match, it's still one of the most iconic matches in WrestleMania history to do a return match, to, but make it a little more fresh with Warrior as a heel. That's what I came up with. So that was that was my first pick. Yeah. It would have saved us from Halloween Havoc '98 too, probably. It's true. <laughs> and, Hogan getting his heat back. Yeah. And I will say, Hogan Slaughter is certainly the first WrestleMania main event, in my opinion, that did not work. Yes, agree. Um, what's the what's the early? If we want to go in order, because we're not completely clear on what everyone has, we know what Kyle has. I'm uh, up next. Yeah, okay, Justin's up next. I know what he's right. picking. Um, this is, I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before. Uh, I had mentioned that I approached this selfishly, and that is because uh, 11-year-old Justin and, frankly, 39-year-old Justin really, really wanted Ric Flair versus Hogan at WrestleMania 8. Um, I, I think you can switch that. I mean, you can easily just do Savage uh, versus Justice and kind of the same storyline. Mm. Um, I know... You know, kind of the the weird ending with Hogan Justice was, you know, Hogan was kind of going to be leaving for a while. So you can still do something where, like, Flair cheats and wins. Maybe gets, well, like, a, pulls the tights, gets an actual win. You can still have Warrior come yeah. out. <laughs> you can still do all that. And then, you know, then you go into SummerSlam where Flair didn't even have a match. And then you can do Flair versus Savage. Um, where we can still get that fantastic Photoshop storyline going into WrestleMania eight, or you can do flair versus warrior, uh, you know, coming off of, you know, the ending of WrestleMania, 
you could do something like Flair and Perfect for Savage and Warrior. Um, and then I would do the world title change at Survivor Series, Ric Flair versus Bret Hart. Give give Bret Hart a little bit bigger moment uh, with that uh, championship. Uh, and, you know, even at SummerSlam, you could still have Savage win and then Flair get it back at a house show before uh, Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. It just – that was – it's hard to really, I think – younger people understand how much of a dream match Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan was. And, and to have the opportunity to do that at a WrestleMania and especially coming off of uh, Ric Flair's title win at Royal Rumble, uh, arguably the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. Um, it still kind of shocks me that they didn't do that. And I've, I've heard that a big part of that was because they were doing Hogan and Flair on the house shows. Yes. Um, but you know, frankly, I didn't watch house shows back then. I didn't give a shit. You know, give give me that match at WrestleMania. Yeah, I had this on my list too. I think I think Hogan Flair is a no brainer, and I've heard that explanation too many many times. Is they ran the house shows in the big markets all of, all throughout the country, but it's true. Like if you didn't live in one of those big markets, you didn't see the match during that era. So I, I still think they should have done it. And the fact that Hogan Flair never went on on a WrestleMania really really sucks. And so, to me, yeah, I had that on mine as as my second uh, you know, second one. And the other part is like how shocking and amazing would it have been for Flair to go over in that yeah. match? I mean, <laughs> you know, really, you didn't have a heel, you know, leave a WrestleMania or you know end a WrestleMania with a win until I think what Triple H in two thousand, I think yeah. was the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and boy, that that just would have been incredible, and you know. You could have talked Hogan into like, well, you'll get it back at nine, which, you know, obviously wouldn't have happened, but still. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thoughts, Kyle? Well, if you uh, know how to get Hulk, if, if, if you know how to get Hulk Hogan to do a job at WrestleMania, please uh, share with me the, your lotto picks for next week, because that was not going to happen. However, you did hint at something, what they easily could have done. And that is the exact same non-finish they did in the Hogan-Sid match with Ultimate Warrior running in. Mm. They literally could have just done that finish. Like, because Hogan is not, was not going to lose Ric Flair. You have, like, there's, you just have to, there is no way under God's green earth, even if it's like the most controversial pin ever, that he was going to lose. He just, he just wasn't going to do it. Um, With the Hogan-Flair house show thing, you know, Flair actually just talked about this on his, what I thought was excellent, Broken Skull Session appearance with Steve Austin uh, that's available on the WWE Network, that they did go right into doing a house show program because they had nothing for the house shows in the fall. And they had done some kind of disappointing numbers, which gave, I guess, the front office some sort of pause about doing this at WrestleMania, uh, in addition to the fact Hogan was leaving. Now, I push back on that because it's like, well, WCW, two years later, did a great number with it still. Mm. So if done right, and you and yeah, I know Meltzer has a lot of umbrage with the way Flair was presented when he first came in. Some of that's right. Uh, but I think, you know, like Justin said, coming off what I believe is inarguably the greatest rumble of all time. Uh, him winning, Hogan challenging it. It was logical. Uh, the only thing that you have to tie up is Sid, I guess was allegedly promised the WrestleMania main event when he jumped. Now Vince is reneged on similar promises. I think 
I don't think that's a big deal. Um, and Sid wound up quitting anyway. So if he quit, <laughs> I guess. That. <laughs> yeah, I guess if Sid quit, I guess if if your fantasy booking results in Sid quitting, that's not a big deal. But here's something I thought of because I considered this one too, and it it actually didn't make my cut. It was it was one of the last ones um, I cut. Is the rest of the card again? So it was interesting. Justin mentioned doing Savage Sid. Because I would just assume that you would do the Savage Jake blow off. And that would have left Undertaker Sid. Oh. And that's kind of an interesting deal because Sid's probably not jobbing. And then all of a sudden you never have the streak. Mm, yeah. So that's, again, I kind of talked myself out of this one with the uh, down card situation. I know Ryan always likes to lecture me in political uh, talk about down ballot. <laughs> So, uh, you know, here, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it back with down card, those effects. I don't lecture you. Come on. Yeah. So, yeah, th- that was my thing. I think, again, this is a logical one people have talked about. It makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 this was, I think, actually the last one I, I mixed. I, I originally planned uh, on having this on. Until I came up with my WrestleMania 11 idea. Spoiler alert: I have not thought about it in 25 years. I just it just kind of came to me in the shower one day. Hmm. Well, let's let's hear the WrestleMania 11 because I think on our lineage here, that's the next one to come up. Yep. Okay. So, what didn't work at WrestleMania 11? Well, quite frankly, a lot. LT Bigelow. I think the angle was done well, but it didn't draw as well as hoped. Uh, also, Taylor's participation. Correct me if I'm wrong here didn't really benefit anyone on the WWE roster. Certainly not Bigelow, who never recovered <laughs> despite turning babyface. Uh, speaking of babyfaces, Diesel, uh, as a babyface champion, that didn't really work, did it? And he was out babyfaced uh, by Sean on this very show. Mm-hmm. And Bret Hart, Ryan, was totally <laughs> wasted. Yes. So am I kind of on the ball with all those things? Yeah. There, do we think? Okay. So... My presentation for WrestleMania 11 is to do a double main event. And it features in the wait, WWE wait. title match. Oh, wait, sorry. Hold on. Uh, I just needed to grab a Kleenex in my lotion quick. All right. Proceed. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I, it's funny. You're hyped as a, I don't know how good this would have been. I, I oh, can't believe God. how much you like it. I, I've never heard anyone propose this. So No, no uh, one works magic with 1995 WWF like Kyle. Okay. It's okay. just so I'm much not- better than what we got. Okay. Yes. Okay. So here's my double main event for WrestleMania 11. WWE Championship match. Your champion, another guy that was wasted on this card, Lex Luger, as a heel defending against former champion Bret Hart. Your other half of the double main event is a tag team match, Diesel and Lawrence Taylor against Shawn Michaels and Psycho Sid. Here is how I would get to that. Lex Luger, if you go back to SummerSlam, would have actually sold out to Ted DiBiase. Remember that storyline where Mm -hmm. it wound up being a swerve and Tatanka sold out and joined the Million Dollar Corporation, uh, giving us that infamous promo where he said, I did what my ancestors should have done all those years ago. Take the money. (laughs) (laughs) That was bad. That was real. You know what else was bad? Yeah, you know what else was bad? Tatanka is a heel. 
<laughs> so, like, it's interesting. Like, I get the swerve factor of doing that with Tatanka. I mean, it was kind of shocking at the time. But long term, I don't think there's any denying that if Luger had actually sold out and been that top-level heel, it would have worked way better than Tatanka in the yeah. corporation. So what I'm doing with Luger then after he sells out is basically giving him Bob Backlund's spot, meaning he beats Bret Hart for the title at Survivor Series 94. That's an easy program to set up uh, based on Luger's jealousy over what happened at Mania 10. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bret wins the Rumble and gets his rematch here at Mania 11. And here's kind of, I think, the beauty with how I redid it, if I do say so myself. I don't know who goes over here. I'm leaving it open-ended because I want to see how well Diesel is getting over as a babyface in his storyline. So you, you don't necessarily have to go back to Brett in this scenario. If Diesel's really getting over, and you're like, now we know he didn't, but maybe this scenario, you know, is a little better for him. And you're like, hey, we can leave the title on Luger and Diesel can beat him down the line. You can do that. So how do I do this Diesel LT versus Sean Sid situation? This is how I do it. Rather than split up and vacate the tag titles, which is what they did, I would have had Sean and Diesel lose to the one, two, three kid, former click, uh, fellow click member, not former fellow, and Bob Holly at the Rumble 95. Uh, kid and Holly won the vacated belts at that show anyway. So not really changing history there. I do the Diesel Sean split right after that match. Diesel, you know, Sean could do the thing where he costs his team the title by super kicking Diesel. Diesel gets mad. Afterwards, Lawrence Taylor laughs at Shawn Michaels, just like he did at Bigelow. But Shawn's the one who shoves him. And that kind of sets up Shawn and LT. Diesel and LT agree to be tag partners. Shawn's got to find a tag partner. He brings in Sid, which is exactly what he did for this show. Um, and, you know, them being former tag team champions, it kind of makes sense to do a tag team match, I think. Um, and if you want to ask me what I would do with Bam Bam Bigelow, I'd put it with Undertaker, saving us from that terrible King Kong Bundy match. So mm. that's WrestleMania 11 in my world. 1,000 times better than what we got in 1995, I have to say. Yeah, I'd be very interested in that WrestleMania. I like that card. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, Justin, how you doing over there? Um, <laughs> finished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be the that is that's one of the highlights of this show that I was out, looking out forward of to. Out of curiosity, uh, being that you know eleven considered you know one of the worst WrestleManias. Real quick, is there any way you guys can fix nine? Mm. I thought about it, and you talk about ripple effects. It's basically changed in the next four years. I have always thought that. They should have done Yokozuna Brett, but with the roles reversed. Yokozuna, I would have had, you know, I would have had Savage beat Flair. You know, he's the champion. And Yokozuna, like, immediately comes in and just beats Randy Savage, just squashes him hmm. for the title, like in the fall mm -hmm. of 92. Okay. And he gets that dominant run that he got basically in 93 going into WrestleMania 9, and then. You build Brett up. Um, now, maybe Brett's not working. You play the Hogan card. And you have him come in and wrestle Yoko. But yeah. I just feel that that first Brett Hart, I, I love Brett. But I don't think that first title run worked at all. Yeah, I like I like that idea. 
Brett wins the title, and then maybe you, <laughs> of course, it would have been ideal to have the the Brett Hogan match that summer that's always been talked about. Or, or you save it for WrestleMania ten. Yeah, keep him around if he if yeah. he could keep him around. If, if I can keep Hogan around, yeah. I mean, the the problem was again, Hogan made it pretty clear he wasn't losing to Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. I don't like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Justin, you have something? Nope. Okay. So that's 11. That's the very well reworked WrestleMania 11 card. Um, and then as we look down the list, um, I considered 13, but you know, 13, that would be having a Brett Sean match, which we don't know if it would have been possible because Sean lost his smile and everything. We know at one point that that was the planned match at WrestleMania yes. 13. You know, and I thought about saying you should have done Brett Austin in the main event with the title and, instead of the uh, secondary match behind Sid and Taker. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, I'll say, and you also, again, you talk about down card. I really just didn't want to touch Brett Austin. Yeah, I know it's yeah. cheating and it's a happy accident what happened, but um, man, I don't. I, I actually decided, well, you know what? Screw it. Let this WrestleMania tank because it worked out for the best. And Undertaker, <laughs> honestly, winning the title of, you know, I've said this before Undertaker to me is, is a guy who shouldn't be in that championship role. Very often, but 97 was the one time at work because he was reliable. He was the one guy that wasn't bitching a lot backstage. That was a good championship run he had in 97, even if he wasn't always the focal point of TV. Yeah. So I thought about putting this on my list. Ultimately, I didn't. Uh, If I would have made the change, it would have been to say, keep the title on Brett after Final Four and have Brett Austin be the title match. It was the best feud in the company at the time. Uh, But. Yeah, I I, did, I left that one off my list, ultimately. Um, Justin, did you consider this one for your list at all? No, God, no. Okay, so 16 I do have on my list. Aha! <laughs> I considered this one as well. Yeah. Justin, do you have 16 on your list? I do not. I'm, okay. I'm not going to be in this for quite a while. Ooh, Okay. So, WrestleMania 16, if you guys were not watching at the time, was kind of considered um, underwhelming, to say the least, as far as WrestleManias go. It had During a, ton- a red-hot period. Yeah, it had a ton of excitement going in. Um, they did, like, a WrestleMania all-day pay-per-view show that, that day. They did this, like, WrestleMania party. You guys remember this? Like, the night before the show. Just had, mm-hmm. like, thousands of fans in some convention center or something. <sighs> and then they headlined with Triple H defending the title against The Rock and Mick Foley and the big show with a different McMahon in every corner. Um, and Triple H retained the title. Didn't work. It it was not a good WrestleMania main event. This one often gets panned by fans. What did we get the following month at Backlash? We had The Rock and Triple H with The Rock defeating Triple H for the title. Uh, we had Mick Foley in this match. It's it's often looked back at as this was Mick Foley's chance to headline a WrestleMania. Foley was coming off of the No Way Out, no way out Hell in a Cell with Triple H. And better yet, the street fight at Royal Rumble 2000, yeah. which was an awesome match. He was coming off the Hell in a Cell where his career was career ended. ended. <laughs> yes, I, sh- I should have mentioned that. So, like, they ha- you understand why like, they brought him in to headline a WrestleMania. But, they, yeah, they did the storyline where his career was over just don't. a month before. <laughs> so, to me, I, it's it's a real easy switch. There's not, like, 
a ton of a ton of thought you need to put into this. I just feel like what they did at Backlash, they should have done at WrestleMania. And you do Triple H defending against The Rock in a singles match. These two guys had a really good feud over the years, but they didn't headline WrestleMania in a singles match together. I think you do it here at 16, and you know you have The Rock defeat Triple H for the title at WrestleMania rather than doing it at Backlash, a secondary pay-per-view the next month. You leave the McMahon stuff off, and that's that. Kyle, did you consider this one? I absolutely did. You're doing very well at hitting my honorable mentions so far because <laughs> yes. all three you've mentioned I considered and um, it was, you know, I think pretty obvious what I would have considered. I did consider just doing rock beating Triple H here. Uh, what I like about it is that it puts the focus on the performers and not the McMahons, mm-hmm. which I thought was such a mistake in the build for this. So it bad. kind of just made and set such a dangerous precedent that we've seen for the last 20 years where mm. the McMahons are more important than the wrestlers. And I, I cannot, just, I, I just cannot emphasize to you guys, if you weren't watching, if you were not watching at the time, like how underwhelming this WrestleMania was afterwards, you know, it, like about, I, I had a good ladder match, but you know, like, man, I was so hyped for that WrestleMania. And this, this main event was underwhelming. Yeah. It, it's a bottom 10 WrestleMania in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, just sneaks in there. Probably. Uh, and of the first five pay-per-views of 2000, there is no doubt that WrestleMania is the worst. Mm-hmm. Like the, uh, you know, the, the no way out, the back backlash 2000 is one of the great non big four pay-per-views in the history of that company. Yeah. And judgment day was good too, with the iron man. Now the argument against rock winning here and just doing kind of the traditional baby face wins, you know, like again, triple H is the first heel. To leave WrestleMania chairman. Well, who did that really benefit? <laughs> Gee, what a surprise. <laughs> but the argument that he made is, well, you came back with Rock Triple H rematches the next couple months. Business was still good. I always hated how Triple H got out of that program, though. With He did do the job proper at Backlash, but then he wins it back in the Iron Man. And then he... Then Rock gets the title back by beating Vince McMahon in a six-man tag at King of the Ring. <laughs> Triple H didn't even do the final honors. I hated that always. Yeah. Well, and again, who did that benefit? Very interesting. Yeah. So I just, I just uh, think. And, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, and and I hated how they brought Foley back. Because yeah. I know people, there were people who thought, oh, maybe Foley wins. Maybe they're going to give it back to him. But it was such a massive, massive reneging of a stipulation. The likes mm-hmm. of which we did not see again until the Shane Undertaker deal at 32. <laughs> uh, stay tuned for that one, folks. Yeah. But, you know, and Big Show, no one thought Big Show had a chance to win. Doing the four quarters was just an excuse to, you know, have the McMahons be the stars of the show. And look, they own the company. They can do whatever the hell they want. I just think that this was a dangerous moment in the history of this company where the McMahons elevated themselves to the level of their performers, if not above. Mm-hmm. I, I, I disagree with that. So if you want to change this one, uh, I'm all for it. Yeah. And, and, yeah. It, it, go ahead. I just one more thing. I'm sorry. Rock and Triple H. If you're like, well, what is, Hunter's like, well, what do you do with Rock? If it's not, if he's not doing rematches with me, well, he's still going to done rematches with him. Number one, yeah. or you had the radicals who had just come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think 
it, it, it is an iconic feud of that time period, though. Like people always talk about the Triple H Rock feud, uh, going back to the ladder match at SummerSlam '98, and it was it was just mentioned this week. Actually, was it yesterday? Uh, that show WWE has the bump. They had Triple H on there, and they actually had the Rock on there who recorded a video like specifically for Triple H on there from like his cell phone or something. Uh, so like it is, it's an iconic feud from the from the Attitude Era that never had. Uh, headlining WrestleMania match. So I, I just think that this was an easy one to plug into my list. Uh, Justin, did you consider this one at all? Uh, yeah, this is a fantastic uh, pick on your part. Um, I was, I'm right there with you. I was, you know, you know, 15 and 16. Like I didn't le- learn my lesson from 15 about being hyped for WrestleMania and it not paying <laughs> off. Yeah. Cause, cause that's what this did. I kind of bought in, in, into the, uh, uh, the four McMahons in each corner gimmick, um, not in each corner, uh, but yeah, it, it just did not work out. So yeah, I like this one a lot. I think I, I was in high school at the time and one of my buddies got it and I went over to his house to watch it. I remember like I, you know, looking back now, it's, it's stupid. Foley was brought back so soon. I think at the time I was kind of like, you know, I loved Foley I was like, Oh, he's back. He's going to win the title. But then when triple H retained, we all all left my friend's house. Like, what the hell was that? So, yeah, it was just such an underwhelming show. Rock won the Royal Rumble that year. Like, it's just, it, it just makes sense. You do Rock Triple H. So, yeah. and also selfishly keep this in mind, folks. Had they not done this four corners thing uh, with Mick Foley, it would make one of my future changes all the more better. Hmm. Keep that in mind. Stay tuned. Yes. Um, so post 16, I'm assuming nobody touched 17. So does anyone have 18 on their list? I do. Yes, you do. Kyle, Justin is 18 on your list. No, it is not. Okay. So I have, like I was, I was telling these guys off air. I had a list of more than four from my Mount Rushmore and I was trying to not overlap with Kyle too much. Uh, but the two that I have left, so I've talked about, um, three and I have two options here, but. Kyle is also going to talk about both shows, so maybe we can go back forth a little bit. Uh, between the two, I think I'm going to choose 18, and I'll chime in on what my other pick was as a secondary option when we get to it. Uh, Kyle, you want to start with 18? I'll let you go first this time. Well, yeah, what did you pick? for What's your change? So they, they was, obviously the main event was Chris Jericho defending against Triple H. What, what is your mm-hmm. replacement? Let's see if we have the same replacement. I'm assuming we will. Yeah, so I got two options here. Oh, yeah. So, first of all, let me talk about this one. Rock Hogan is an iconic match. I do really like that match. And I know that Steve Austin did want to work with Hogan and he, he had but he worked with Hall and it sucked. I just feel like that always should have been Steve Austin. We should have got Steve Austin oh, wow. Hogan. Steve Austin Hogan should have been the match, regardless of how great Rock Hogan was, which it was great, but man, it growing up in that period like the dream match was always Steve Austin Hogan. I never heard anyone say they wanted to see Rock Hogan. It was always Steve Austin Hogan. Great so the fact that we didn't get Steve Austin Hogan here, like, really kind of sucks. So I considered that as a main event match. But then, as far as like a title match, if you, if you want the title match to headline, um, I think you go with Austin Triple H. And that is my pick. Yeah. Because it writes itself, you know, like when Triple H got hurt the previous spring and tore his quad, him and Austin 
were the tag team, and I think that it's it's really easy to to paint the picture for this match. You know, while Triple H is out, you have Austin making kind of like snide remarks about uh, Triple H throughout. We know Steve Austin, by the way, you know, had gone heel during this period. And I think I think you go in with Steve Austin as the champion with the returning babyface Triple H. Is Steve Austin still a heel in your scenario? Yes, he is. Which okay. I know the Steve Austin heel thing didn't work out great, but man, Triple H came back with so much steam when he did oh. that I, I would still I would have kept him heel just like a little while longer because I think the whole build would have been with Austin as a heel. Like I said, where he was he's kind of talking down um Triple H as he was gone. I would have had them both as baby faces. And I want to talk about what didn't work at WrestleMania 18, and I'll tell you how I get to that first. Uh, what didn't work is the entire Chris Jericho Triple H program. <laughs> yes. People are going <laughs> to rightly point to stuff like Lucy the dog, or whatever the dog's name was. It was Lucy, right? Uh, I don't even remember. I, I think it yeah. was. People are going to point to that as the reason Jericho came off as a weak champion. But look. Tip my cap to Chris Jericho, still around today, still performing uh, at a very high level. But in 2002, in my opinion, there is nothing, nothing you could have done with him to convince fans he had a chance of going over in this match. And as we've seen many times since, Triple H is not great in a traditional babyface role. I know he got that big pop when he came back at the Garden, he and he wins the Rumble, but... If you go back and watch the stuff, he was losing steam as a baby face going into Mania. And what did he wind back as after this show? Mm-hmm. Not too long after. A heel. Uh, it was the, by the summer, he was a heel again. So this is how I'm getting Austin Triple H is by main event. You talk about Chris Jericho, what should have been done with him, and I've talked about this to you guys in text form before, is he should have won the title earlier in 2001 than he did. Uh, I would have done a double turn with him and Austin at King of the Ring, preventing the atrocious Steve Austin heel run that never should have happened. You, you get out of that. And Jericho is the one who goes WCW. Remember, Booker T interfered in that match, folks. And mm-hmm. yet Steve Austin, as a heel, <laughs> still won. Talk about nonsensical. I would have had Booker T cost Austin. Jericho, maybe could have, you could have delayed him officially going WCW maybe a month. Saying, oh, I had nothing to do with that. But it could have turned out to be a ruse. Jericho going back to his roots uh, with WCW. And, you know, Jim Ross, by God, I guess this goes back two years. You could have done done that whole thing. Uh, Austin, then, who is, you know, would have just been a heel for that two months or whatever. He would eventually get his revenge, maybe at the Rumble on Jericho. And he wins the title back, setting up our Mania main event with Rumble winner Triple H. I think if they're both baby faces... You've got a lot more intrigue in who goes over. I would have put over Triple H. Thanks to help from Hall and Nash. Ooh. Hmm. Who, and then Triple H goes heel, which he did again later in the year anyway after failing as a babyface. This gives Hall and Nash more purpose after being left in the dark by Hogan earlier in the show. And I'm going to call out alleged wrestling uh, mastermind Stephanie McMahon here. I'm going to ask her to put (laughs) all her cards on the table. If you've seen the documentaries, everyone talks about Stephanie was just like walking around Toronto that week and shouting how everyone was going to cheer Hulk Hogan in the match with Rock. Well, okay, if that's the case, and you're wondering, because there's, trust me, if you have an Austin Triple H main event, 
There's going to be a lot of, and, and you know the political situation at that time. Whew, there's going to have to be a lot of massaging of egos there. I think if you realize ahead of time, enough ahead of time, hey, Hogan's going to get cheered in Toronto. We got to do something with Hall and Nash. Well, there you go. Let's put him with their their buddy, Triple H. and They can have him help Triple H win the title. And Triple H goes heel. That sets up your brand split. The click with the returning Michaels is your top heel group. They appear on both brands. Austin, the lead babyface on Raw. Hogan, the lead babyface on SmackDown. And maybe you get a happier Austin for the rest of 2002. Because he was in a Mania main event. Not third from the top against an over-the-hill Scott Hall. And, you know, of course, you still can't demand he jobs to Brock Lesnar uh, uh, (laughs) on free TV on no notice. But, you know, hopefully you don't do that. And maybe Austin never quits the company. Okay, you win. That's way better than what I came up with. (laughs) We both agree 18 should have been improved. And we both agreed in Austin Triple H. But uh, I'll take that Austin Triple H version. And and again, the whole Nash thing's not going to last anyway. And you're probably getting to Triple H Michaels anyway. But I I just think, you know, with Hall and Nash, I think they actually had a point. Because do you guys remember the the behind-the-scenes stuff with Austin and Hall? Hall was supposed to go over originally. And Austin, rightfully so, kids. He's like, this guy's a drunk. Yeah. He got out of the company in a month. I'm not losing yeah. to this guy. <laughs> and Hall and Nash were like, well, we just got here. And they both made very good points. <laughs> so you get out of that situation by not doing that match. I mean, that was a really dumb deal. What a waste of Steve Austin that was. Mm-hmm. Scott Hall? Yeah. 2002? Yeah. <laughs> God, we only had one more year of Steve Austin too. Next year is his farewell match. Yeah, yeah. I, uh. I tried to work. I tried to rework nineteen. By the way, because um, I actually don't like that WrestleMania as much as a lot of people. Just from a creative standpoint, I know when we got there, the in ring was was good, obviously, but um, I thought the creative for that show sucked. But I struggled to be honest with you to come up with uh, something like that. So I passed yeah. on that one, and I think I'm up next again. By the way. In our timeline. Okay, go Why ahead. Why not? With 24? I don't uh, think anyone... Do you have anything between now and 24, Justin? Nope. All right. Okay, so this is quite a big jump we're making here. Uh, kind of, you know, that... Uh, is this... I guess this is still Ruthless Aggression era, okay? Oh, wait. And, yeah, this is my most outside-the-box idea, and it might be cheating, so I'd like to hear your guys' response, because I am doing something that I don't know they you could get away with, but I'm going to try. This is realistic. My main event for WrestleMania 24 is a fatal four-way. Jeff Hardy as the champion against Randy Orton, John Cena, and Ric Flair fighting for his career. (laughs) I did not see this one coming. All right. (laughs) Let's talk about what didn't work. Edge Undertaker closed this show. I think it was a fine match. I think it was a good match. I don't think it was a great match. I think it was a good match. I thought, though, at the time, I remember I had some buddies over, too, like those, you know, everybody's casual fans that hung out with them for pay-per-views at that time. They were like, wait, this is the main event? And I kind of agreed. I thought it was a flat closer on a show that had Ric Flair's retirement and Floyd Mayweather. Am I out to lunch on that one? 
I I probably would have put Michaels and Flair in the main event slot. Okay, so Flea, yeah. you agree that Flair's retirement was probably the biggest thing on this show, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I agree. So I am, though, not doing Flair and Michaels, and I'll talk about that in a minute. This is how I'd get this to a four-quarter deal, okay? Cena's trajectory, absolutely the same. He makes a surprise return and wins the 2008 Royal Rumble. Orton loses the WWE title to Jeff Hardy at the Rumble. They wrestled each other at that show. And he would demand his rematch and and get it here at WrestleMania. Now, here's where the cheating comes. First of all, if you guys were watching at this time, do you remember how over Jeff Hardy was? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, he was like he was the number two baby face besides John Cena. Yeah. Here's where I am cheating. Do you know why Jeff Hardy was not on WrestleMania 24? (laughs) He had a run in. If I if I yeah, he failed. He failed. He failed a drug (laughs) test with the law. So they realized that they had something kind of special, and they did him dirty at the Rumble with the loss to Orton. Yeah, and. They were going to have him win money in the bank, but he failed the drug test and he got suspended. Mm-hmm. I always thought he should have beat Orton at the Rumble. And if he did, there's a scenario all of a sudden where, uh-oh, you know, the, I would have delayed the suspension. I don't know if that's cheating, but that's what I would have done. I would have delayed okay. the suspension after WrestleMania. Yeah. So, okay, how do we shoehorn Ric Flair into this deal? Do you remember how that retirement storyline began? It was like, well, I remember the week after week stuff. I don't actually recall how it started, well, though. Yeah, it was Vince McMahon basically saying, you have to keep winning to continue oh, yeah. your career. That's right. Yeah, okay. so you're right. It was week to week. Yeah. I I don't think the Shawn Michaels match fit that storyline at all. It was like a total about face in the storyline where all of a sudden Rick just wanted to like, had this one final great moment. He was going to the Hall of Fame, and we all knew he was going to lose. Yeah. I'm going to make a comment that is maybe controversial to some. I don't like the Ric Flair-Shawn Michaels match as much as a lot of people. I felt it was like buying a ticket to seeing a legendary act and getting the tribute band instead. (laughs) It's harsh. I just... I. I'm sorry... I love you thing was cool. Uh, unfortunately, it has seeped into every NXT match in the year 2020, <laughs> but uh, that kind of emotion, but that's a different story for a different day. I think I, if Ric Flair kept fighting for his, where he had to keep winning, I love that storyline. And if for his final act, he was inserted into this match, spoiler alert, his final act, where it's like he, Ric Flair must survive a fatal four-way and it's elimination rules where he's retired. I think that's an unbelievable storyline when you hook it up with John Cena's surprise return. You know, Randy Orton was really at his height at this period. And then you got Jeff Hardy, the new champ. Now, Jeff Hardy, maybe the suspension leaks out. Well, guess what? He's eliminated first. Mm-hmm. RKO, see you later, Jeff. We're going to have a new world champion, folks. John Cena's out next, RKO. By God, it's come to Ric Flair. This is, to me, Flair is such a better deal than Foley because it would have been the reneging on the storyline. So you've got Orton and Ric Flair. It's down to them. RKO, see you later, Rick. Hmm. Randy Orton retires Ric Flair. How's that for a career maker? 
and mm. setting your lead heel up for the next year. Yeah, if it's the like legend I, killer. Yeah. Yeah. So Randy Orton pins all three guys with the RKO. That's my most outside the box idea. Your thoughts? <laughs> uh, just out of curiosity, what do you do with Michaels? That's a good question. Um, maybe Batista. Remember that feud they did right after where Batista was like really mad at Sean for retiring Flair? Maybe you do a deal where Sean agreed to wrestle Flair and he lost him. Batista was like still mad at him because he like wanted, he agreed to take a match where he could have retired Ric Flair and Batista mm-hmm. wouldn't have taken that situation. Hmm. Okay. I think there are other opportunities for Michaels on that card. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else there was. I mean, uh, who else? Who are some of the other guys? Who did Batista work on that show? Worked Umaga. Uh, Umaga, yeah. Who is, is a, a treasure, someone we lost far too soon. Punk won the ladder match, Money in the Bank. In the yeah, bank. yeah, yeah. I, I just, it, it's kind of funny. Like some of these other ones, I was very concerned with, oh, I don't want to lose Warrior Savage. I don't want to lose. Hart Austin. I'll be honest with you. I don't give a damn what Shawn Michaels does on this show. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna surprise some people because it is, it's a really famous match, but man, yeah. you make a good case. That would have been like Ric Flair fighting for his I mean, how far, how jazz is that crowd? It's down to Orton Flair. By God, Ric Flair, can he win one more time? No, he can't. <laughs> you don't always so get that, what you want, folks. Wow. So WrestleMania 24 closes with, uh, Orton getting booze, having retired Ric Flair. Yes. <laughs> wow. It's tremendous close to a show. <laughs> that is ballsy. Yeah. It's tremendous close. All right. What do you got, Justin? Um, This is not on my list, but I just wanted to shout out 29 and maybe, you know, keeping 28 a once in a lifetime and maybe doing like a triple threat rock Cena punk. At twenty nine, I don't know. I don't know what you can do with that mania to save it because that was kind of a stinker. Mm. Agreed on all counts. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if you guys have one before this, but my next one would be thirty one. I do not. I so go ahead. Okay. Another big. So as I said, I approached this selfishly, and my entire point was to appease eleven year old Justin by getting that Flair Hogan. And uh, to help uh, Justin, who attended WrestleMania 34 and, w- <laughs> and was very let down by that main event and kind of walked out of that place comatose because of, I mean, just <laughs> because how... he had to get up for a flight in four hours. Well, yeah, yeah definitely that. <laughs> but let me, just the, the, the crowd was never going to be into that match. Um, and frankly, so my hope point is i want to make wrestlemania 34 fun for me uh (laughs) and i kind of want to fix the whole roman reigns thing so 31 i think what you got to do is you got to have daniel bryan win the royal rumble and face lesnar at 31 and then you can still do the um seth rollins cash in because i'm I'm sure they didn't want tiny daniel bryan beating lesnar um, and you probably didn't want Lesnar beating Brian because of how over Brian was at the time. Um, and then the, in my alternative for Reigns is I give him, and I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but you give him the warrior treatment and have him with have a long intercontinental title run. Let him kind of show the crowd that he can freaking work in that ring. 
in that, you know, if he just holds that mid mid card title for a while, you know, kind of proves to the to the fans that uh, he's worth a main event shot. Uh, and that in turn leads to 32. I don't know if you guys have anything on 31 there. Um, I thought about 31, basically the exact scenario, just substituting Brian for Reigns and you still do the Seth Rollins cash in. But I left it off because I think you can basically what you're doing there is you're protecting Roman Reigns from the backlash yes. by doing that. But the reason this is one of the last cuts I had was I think they were okay had they just done what they should have at 32, which I think all three of us have on our list, right? So, yeah, that I do. Yeah. So I go into 32. Uh, for for one, I don't have Sting work Seth Rollins. Uh, I maybe give him like a squash match at that. Uh, they did the MSG show uh, for the network. Um, that way Sting gets to wrestle there and pick up a win in WWE. Um, but yeah, th- I go into uh, 32 with Lesnar Reigns, Taker Sting, and uh, Triple H for Shane. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I... <laughs> I it makes sense what you propose. I didn't really I didn't really con- came back with too. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really think of it in, in that fashion, but it does make a lot of sense. Um 31 31 was a really good WrestleMania overall, but there was definitely problems with what we were about to see with Roman Reigns for several years in a row. So it, it is worthy of making a change, I think. It, it didn't make my list, but uh I I I think that's not bad. I don't mind that. And you, and you can for me you can do a lot of the same stuff. You know, you have Reigns lose the Intercontinental title in the fall after 31. Um, you can kind of do the the same stuff with him winning the title at Survivor Series and then losing it to Sheamus, winning it back, and then do the Royal Rumble 30. But instead of Triple H coming in, you know, you have Lesnar come in at 30 mm-hmm. and win the title. And the other thing you have to do at that Royal Rumble is you do not have Roman Reigns freaking leave the match for 20 minutes. He's got to be in there the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my 32 scenario is is a lot different than yours, which will be interesting and see what Kyle throws in there. Um, 32 didn't officially make my list, but it was a secondary. I think my top four I ended up going with are 7, 8, 16, and 18, but I'm, I'm still going to chime in here on on the 32 scenario I had in my mind as a, as a secondary option. Uh, Kyle, what do you make of that, and, and what did you have for 32? Mine's just very straightforward for 32, and this is my fourth and final pick. Uh, Roman Reigns, when he beat Sheamus on Monday Night Raw to win the title, was cheered in Philadelphia. Check the video. I just simply would not have had him lose the title from that point forward. Mm-hmm. You, you, you had what you wanted. Why did you screw it up in that Royal Rumble? I would have had Reigns just beat, I don't know, Sheamus again at the Royal Rumble and have Brock Lesnar win the 2016 Royal Rumble, setting up Reigns and Lesnar. And here's where maybe changing 31 um, helps you. If you do Reigns and Lesnar's a rematch, this time there must be a winner. Uh, maybe maybe that makes it a better situation. Maybe th- have a guest referee like Steve Austin, who's in Texas, WrestleMania 32. Mm-hmm. So, But that's what I would have done. Just real straightforward. Reigns never loses the title in that Rumble. Lesnar wins the rumble is the, uh, you know, gets the match and, and Reigns goes over and we don't have to do this 
pussyfooting around stuff we did for two and a half years. Yeah. When I, when I was considering this, the scenario I had in mind was much different. And it was playing into the booze Reigns was getting and making him heal and going into that show as the heel champion against a challenging Dean Ambrose as the babyface. Wow. I mean, what Ambrose did on that show was just ridiculous. Losing to Lesnar in the match where anything goes. <laughs> just like, oh my God. Like the the Blue Wire Pods crew, when we reviewed WrestleMania 32 a few weeks ago, you can check that out on the feed. I, I chose the Ambrose-Lesnar match and just ranted about how bad it was and how Ambrose was losing like almost every single pay-per-view match for a year, despite being incredibly popular. And I'm saying this as someone who wasn't a huge Dean Ambrose fan at the time, but like, man, the dude was super popular. And so I feel like you could rebook that with leaning into the booze and making Reigns a heel champion. If you if you rewind to the fall of 2015 before this, when Rollins got injured, you know, and they had the tournament, uh, you know, maybe you have Reigns become the new guy for, for Triple H or whatever and he, for the authority and he becomes the heel champion and uh, event- eventually fights his former S.H.I.E.L.D. partner Ambrose in a, in a big blow-off at WrestleMania 32 in a, in a match I think people would have been really excited for instead of seeing Ambrose lose to uh, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> so I think maybe they could have done right by Dean Ambrose here by giving him that big moment and also satisfied so many of the smarks at the time that wanted a, a heel Roman Reigns. We'll never know, but that was the alternate scenario. I had mine. It didn't make my Mount Rushmore. Did not make my Mount Rushmore, but uh, that's what I was considering. Uh, you know, Justin, going back to his down card scenario, kind of intrigued me there with doing Triple H Shane because then you get out of the situation where you would need Shane to beat The Undertaker. Just that, like Shane could have beaten Triple H. Yeah. And- could have had stayed, that same spot too. Yeah, and stayed around. Um, now, you know, Triple H would have—I don't know what they would, how much cash they would have had to give him to do that job, but um, whatever. And then, yeah, Taker—you you do the Taker Sting deal. Yeah, that—that's kind of a, a much more impressive top three than what they. Because you're right, right? That that Lesnar Am, Ambrose deal was an abomination. That is a hideous WrestleMania, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think other than 9 and 11, you can make a case that WrestleMania 32 is the worst WrestleMania. It's yeah. bad. It's, it's really bad. bad. Yeah. Um, so I got one more, guys. And I need, right. your, I need your help deciding on which one it's going to be. Because, like I said, this is all about making Justin happy at 34. And there's two ways of going about this. And this is where my conundrum comes in. Is, you know, in, in my scenario, I, I changed 31 and 32 to kind of keep Reigns more a little bit over with the crowd. So if you do Undertaker at 33, okay, I, I think he still gets shit on by the fans. Yeah. And I almost don't want to change that because of how much I freaking love that moment on Raw after 33. It's my yard now. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was, God, being in the <laughs> that village, is, that was so glorious. That is so good. So if we keep Reigns and Undertaker at 33, which was really bad match, or um, then then I think you yeah I think you have to go like Braun in Lesnar at 34. I, you, 
the crowd would probably be into that a little bit more. I don't, I don't know what you do with Reigns then because you you can't have him pick a kid out of the crowd because that kid's going to be booed relentlessly as a tag team champion. <laughs> well, keep in mind with your situation, what you've done, if you're continuing your alternate reality, if 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 your WrestleMania 31 situation takes hold, maybe Reigns isn't getting booed. Well, he, in, in this case, if we're keeping him kind of ending the undertaker. I think he is yeah. kind of back to okay. getting booed. Okay. Um, so that's, and then I don't, and then maybe you make the intercontinental championship, a fatal four way at, you know, 34 put reins in that. Um, the other option is you change the 33 match. And that's where I don't really know what you do with that. You'd have reins go against Cena or Goldberg. And then you can do a rematch at 34 of uh, reins and Lesnar. Hmm. A, a rematch of, in my scenario, WrestleMania 32. I don't know if I like either of them. I'll be, uh, Reigns and Strowman would make... Did you say Lesnar-Strowman, though? Yes. Is yeah. the title yeah. match? Yes. Okay. Because, yeah, Strowman had his monster run in 2017. Um. Hmm. So it's funny that they, you know, we, we've talked about, oh, they never did Hogan Flair. Yeah, that's a shocker. But it's crazy they never did Rain Cena, although I guess the thinking is the crowd shitting on both of them. <laughs> and they and they probably and they didn't want that. And that's and, and to be fair, I. I just tell me, I, I can't tell, tell me how you send the home crowd or the, the crowd happy uh, from thirty four. Are we – when am I jumping in? Am I using your alternate timeline going back to 31 or am I just jumping in with what Man. I had with in Man. 2017? Use either one. Okay. Um, it's really hard because the moving pieces, you're right. I, I feel that – all right, so Reigns – the thing is, you had to put the title on. If you're just jumping in and with what you had to work with, I just think they should have gone with Reigns winning the title over Lesnar, and just said, just you know, duck and cover, because mm-hmm. I think just dragging out that Reigns coronation was just dumb, and had such an adverse effect on so many other people. But I mean, uh, that, at that point, at WrestleMania 34, it was too late. I mean that that crowd freaking hated that match. Well, it's not even that they hated the match. They weren't even freaking paying attention to it. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's you're right. It would have been terrible, but I don't know, man. I just, I still would have done it. I still would have just had Reigns go over. My God. I didn't know we've been podcasting with Vince McMahon this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I don't, that, that is a really interesting dynamic. I don't know how you fix it, to be honest, just jumping into I didn't even think of that. that. That's actually the first one that's been brought up that I didn't think of. I guess maybe because I'd gotten to my four and I just. It kind of makes my it makes my head hurt, actually, to do to do the last three, because I don't think it's simple at all. Mm-hmm. The last three or four now, quite frankly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would have to think about the, that one a little bit more. Just I, I I have not thought about that one before what I would do in an alternate timeline. Yeah. Um, I think for me, the option is 
you keep, you know, this is in my alternate 31, 32. I, I think you just got to do something different than raise, uh, reigns undertaker at 33. Cause I mean, that just didn't work for multi for one. It didn't work. Cause taker probably shouldn't have been wrestling at that time. Anyways. Um, that was obviously not his last match. So the whole taking off the gloves and boost thing was irrelevant in hindsight. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know what else you do with them, but I think you got to change that match. Yeah. You could have done Reigns Goldberg and Reigns beat Goldberg for the title. Yeah. I'd be down with that. Yeah. Because I, that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you could have done that. Um, I mean, you would have had, you know, kind of the the smarks like me and Ryan definitely being on Rain's side on that one. <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. I would have bought a Roman Reigns t-shirt to wear to that show for that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, that, yeah, that's why. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 That's tough. I mean, the last few WrestleManias, I think there's just so many moving pieces. because. And the thing also with the last few WrestleManias is there's no true main event. I guess there, it, like you're almost changing the match that went on last. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's the other thing, too. It's like... It's it's like not even a double main event. It's just they don't even necessarily, especially thirty three and thirty four. It was like there was a debate what match is going to go on last. Like and there was like multiple options. That 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 was not a thing for most of WrestleMania's existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's been an interesting. Uh list that we all three came up with I, I always like to deep dive on these past shows and and talk about what has happened in wrestlemania past so i think this is a pretty enjoyable conversation guys I love if you it. have if you guys have thoughts on it let us know you can email us topropenation at gmail.com and of course you can always send us tweets at topropenation we are also on instagram and facebook as well and uh with that said, I think it's time to transition to our final segment, and that is, as always, the Kyle Ross I Love This Sport Deep Dive of the Week. Yay! So, on SmackDown Friday, we are going to honor 25 years of Triple H. Wow, what a quarter century it's been, hasn't it? Uh, that got me to thinking that we should probably honor Triple H this week in our deep dive segment, but not just Triple H, but how about some of the many wrestlers that are better than him? Uh, So we're going to have three matches in this week's deep dive. One will include Triple H uh, against Ric Flair, Taboo Tuesday 2005, Steel Cage match. Picking this for four reasons. One, it's good. (laughs) Two, the Triple H SmackDown thing that's taking place Friday night. Three, Flair mentioned it, again, on what I thought was an excellent Broken Skull Sessions with Austin. And number four, uh, this is the thing I like most about the match, Triple H loses. <laughs> As always his best role uh, in there. So that's one match. But uh, I want to talk about wrestlers that are better than Triple H. And, you know, when you talk about wrestlers that are better than Triple H, how do you not talk about Mick Foley? A guy <laughs> instrumental in getting Triple H over at the 2000 Royal Rumble. Well, he did the same at Backlash 2004 for Randy Orton. It was you know, a very similar style match. And, you know, I saw people talking about this on Twitter this week because it basically happened, I think, in our week this week. It was like 16 years ago, some date 
this week. Foley called it his best match ever on Twitter. Wow. That caught me by a little surprise. It is great. It is certainly Randy Orton's best match. And it is the match that made Randy Orton. It's up there for Foley. It's... I still really love, and I know I might be on an island, that Steve Austin match from Over the Edge 98. That, to me, is... I've never heard heard Foley mention anything other than the Mind Games match with Sean. So that that surprises me. Yeah, I mean, that, again, everything we've mentioned would be top five and as a contender. But... um, this, I just rewatched it. When Orton goes into the thumbtacks, when Foley reverses the RKO, you know, he's working a little bit, but I think you, you, you can't help but think some of it's shoot. He's got these tacks in his back, and he the look on his face is just like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it is so glorious. It is just like, I, it, if you want to rewatch it, this one, folks, just do it for that moment, because it is such a great, um, facial expression from Randy Orton. He's just like laying in these tacks. He sits up and his eyes just bug out and just he's just like, I, I, I don't think I want to do this I don't, anymore. But uh, great match. He goes over. Uh, tremendous performance from Mick Foley, who was in a lot better shape than he was at WrestleMania 2000 uh, that night. Uh, and my final match for the deep dive, okay, you talk about wrestlers that are better than Triple H. Ryan doesn't want me saying this, but I'm going to say it. If you think Triple H is a better wrestler than Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, I don't want you listening to this program. <laughs> okay, because you're wrong. It's not because I don't agree with that. It's because I don't want to turn off listeners. <laughs> yes, yes, that's why. So Ryan's an nice guy. So please continue to listen and hopefully we'll change your opinion. But I but, agree with the sentiment. Brian is definitely a better yeah. wrestler. So yeah. I even have a Freudian slip calling him Brian Danielson there. Well, that is his real name. But... <laughs> It's because uh, my third deep dive match this week is from Ring of Honor, uh, 2006 Unified. Him against Nigel McGuinness. This is another match I saw talked about on Twitter this week. I don't know why, because it's not any kind of anniversary. Uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, by the way, his connection to Triple H, he is responsible for Triple H's best match in the last 15 years at WrestleMania 30. Uh, But this match with Nigel McGuinness, it's the infamous one where, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this on YouTube, where Nigel McGuinness goes head first into the ring post multiple times, splitting himself open. Mm-hmm. And I've that seen it. probably contributed to his career being cut short. Uh, this might be a top five Ring of Honor match ever. Definitely top ten. And you can see this, thanks to the fine folks at Ring of Honor, on their YouTube page. If you go to a uh, clip, it's called Three Classic Brian Danielson matches or three awesome Daniel Bryan or Brian. Dan- I keep see. I'm going to keep confused calling it Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, whatever. It says three awesome Brian Danielson match. It is the third of the three matches in there. There's a timestamp in the video link. You can watch this. This is a tremendous match. It's a really good match. It was in England, too. Yes, um, it was. I, I know I originally saw this on a I don't know who put it. It was like a Brian Danielson ROH mixtape. I don't know if it was official or not. I can't remember, but. Yeah, it, it's well worth the watch. It's a really good match. And it's ROH world title, which Danielson held at the time against McGinnis's pure title, which was their secondary title. It was a unification match. Kind of had unique rules to it. It is just an absolute masterpiece. Climactic ending. Love it. So I know we will, you know, hey, tough times right now. Have they been think, talking about that? Because I think, aren't they bringing that title back? Maybe that's why. I don't know. 
Okay, I, I shame on me. I didn't know that. Maybe they are bringing that title back, and that's why they talk about it. I, I just saw like th- two or three random people talking about it. Maybe that's why. But I was like, uh, "Wow, that was a great match," and I should bring it up in the deep dive. I know it's you know, lots, a lot of free time on everyone's hands. So I wanted to give out a lot of matches this week. Yeah, always appreciative. Always uh, solid matches. Have you seen this one, Justin? I, yes, I, but it was years ago and I was probably stoned. <laughs> so I know what you're doing while I'm editing this show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> as as often happens uh, on this broadcast afterwards, as yeah. one of us usually throws on the Kyle deep dive. I, I can attest to this, Justin. This match is every bit as good sober as it is stoned because I have watched it both ways. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nice. Great picks. As always, um, like I said a minute ago, let us know, too. We'd love to get your feedback and read it on the air next week. Um, so I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, I do want to thank our uh, producers of the show. That is our supporters on Patreon, Derek, Gabe, Jake, Kyle, Tim, Liam, Ryan, Sean, and Greg, thanks for your support. We'd love to have some of you guys join that list as well and get all those exclusive shows like Top Rope Nation Classics coming at you next week. Patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. Can I say one thing, Ryan? Yeah. Uh, not a patron, but I know he's a big fan of the show. I just wanted to say one thing to my good buddy, Brian. Uh, thinking about him uh, this week. Uh, he always listens, and I'll see you soon, buddy. Yes, Brian uh, is one of our most diehard supporters. Great guy. Um, I did hear about that as well, so definitely shout out to him. Always always a big supporter. He has been a, a patron in the past, and in fact, uh, I believe Brian ordered a new Top Rope Nation shirt just a few days ago. Definitely, Brian, uh, we're thinking about you, and a special shout out goes to you, one of our best supporters, and always enjoy talking to you on Twitter. So speaking of Twitter... Where can we find you guys, Kyle? Where are you at Twitter? Well, where am I not on Twitter? But uh, <laughs> you can find on me on Twitter lately. Yes, at TRP Kyle. And Justin. Uh, I think at Justin Joint. <laughs> he's, he's not on there near as much, but you could follow him. And I am at Ryan Drosty, D R O S T E. And of course, the show is at Top Rope Nation. We'll see you guys next week. Check out the deep dives. Let us know your thoughts. Enjoy some archival professional wrestling. Peace.